Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Do you think I deserve your full attention? That's what I like to hear. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen, and I'm your host, Max. And joining me here in the booth is... And uh, today we are going to be talking about the film Wolfwalkers and Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. Yep. And... Uh, we're going to be starting off with Wolfwalkers here, Gideon, and this is an Apple TV exclusive, except if you buy it, uh, there's some weird way you can do it. I think it was, it first premiered through some sort of uh, movie festival, and then you could pay like $20 online right now, and you could have watched it for like the last month or two months or something, because it has been out, but then it just made its premiere into a more mainstream uh, way through the Apple TV streaming service. And uh, I liked the film a lot. I thought it was really, really cool. Uh, how did how did you feel about it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, I, I really love animation in general, and I think the this is a, a different type of animation style. Typically today we get a lot of uh, 3D animated stuff, compute, 3D computer animated stuff, and this has got this really cool hand-drawn, uh, very like uh, symmetrical animation style going on. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, a very unique art style. I really liked it. Um, I'm trying to remember what the studio was that made this. They had yeah, another it's Cartoon one. Saloon is is what they're called. That's right. Um, they've done a few other things. I think the only one that I've seen of them that they've done is called The Breadwinner, um, and that was really good also. Um, might have been better than this, honestly. Um, they also did, I think, The Song of the Sea is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that one, and then there's... I think they've done one more... Um, Th- they're not. They haven't been around for super long. There was another one. I'm trying to remember something of the Kells or something. Oh, Secret like, of the Kells. Secret yeah. of the Kells. And then they also did the TV show Skunk Fu. If you remember that. Uh, oh wait, you no. didn't really watch Cartoon Network. That was a weird one. Right in a in an odd period in like the late 2000s in Cartoon Network, where they were just trying a whole bunch of shows and not many of them stuck. It was during a weird kind of like kung fu theme renaissance that was happening in a lot of TV shows. And that was like a anthropomorphic animal kung fu show kind of thing. Um, didn't last long. It wasn't that great of a show. But uh, this film was, I, I was really, really pleased with it. I thought it was really cool. I loved the art style. I thought this was a fantastic uh, looking film. I thought just just really cool concept to it. You know, it, it was it, it was great. I, I was very pleased with this. The um, the plot, for anybody who, who doesn't really know what this is, because it kind of went under the radar for most people, um, is about this girl whose father uh, is a wolf hunter, and she kind of wants to follow in his footsteps, but this is like 1400s, 1500s. Uh, is this Scotland? I'm trying to remember if this is Scotland or... Ireland. Uh, I don't remember. They say at the beginning of the movie. Oh, man. I think it might have been Scotland if I had to guess one or the other. If there's an international audience listening to this right now, they are not going to be happy with me messing this up. I I, I want to say it's, it's. oh, man, I really feel like it's Scotland, but I, I might be wrong. But uh, point is that 
she kind of wants, Robin is the main character's name. She wants to follow in her father's footsteps and she clearly has an affinity for it. And right now she can't because she's so young and, but she has a really good relationship with her father. We don't know where the mother is. She's, you know, passed away back when they lived in England. And um, so now they're it's just. Ireland. It is Ireland? Okay. Yeah. Kilkenny. So, yep. Okay. So they're, so they're in Ireland presently and they were from England and yeah. And you find out that outside of this town that they live in, there are two wolf walkers who are essentially people who are humans by day. And then when they fall asleep, you, you kind of manifest into a a wolf and you're like conscious and can do whatever. And while you're, you know, awake and you're a wolf walker, you can like talk to wolves and still command them. It's kind of kind of cool. And you find out that there, there's been these two that have lived outside of the city for a while and and they're kind of getting encroached upon as, you know, things are getting, you know, they're deforesting closer and closer. And it's, it's, it's got a really strong little montage right at the beginning that kind of hammers in that point. Yeah. Um, there, there's the, there's a couple threads between this and Lord of the Rings. You've got the kind of spirit world element where they've got the two, they show it from two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love the art style that they do in this too, of like, you've got, the awake world and then when they kind of see themselves as a wolf you see from their perspective and everything kind of goes like bluer and then you see this well it's, the threads it's of black and white because they're colorblind yeah yeah and, and then, well i think it's got like a bluish tint to it i don't know whatever but then it's got like the colors of yep. the of the smells Sen- and the sounds sense and every everything um, all of the senses going through yep and that's really cool um but then lord of the rings does that too from when whenever frodo puts the ring on he goes into the the i don't know what it's called but like where basically that's where and that's again the thing about I mean, their senses are different, so like the Nazgul can't see. So mm-hmm. they've got different, and they appear differently in that world. But so that there's that, and then there's also like the threat of like this industrialization kind of thing that's happening um, and the cutting down of the forests. And just, um, I think that's something that a lot of fantasy properties do. Like like a lot of Studio, well, Studio Ghibli movies do this too. Um, this this threat of like industrialization and kind of like the the conflict between nature and and the progress of man. Do you know I think the thing that actually embodies it best is um I, I, I don't know if you've watched Love Death and Robots on Netflix. No, I haven't. There um, is a short and I'm trying to remember what the name is, but it is essentially like a steampunk anime sort of thing where there is this uh fox spirit girl kind of thing and it's like it's like feudal Japan and then as as things start to progress and become more and more steampunk and more and more industrialized by like 1800s like English settlers and it, it becomes like this huge city like the the girl's powers to be able to turn into her true like fox form and all that like eventually she can't do it because there's so little left of that original magic and then this man that she you know fell in love with and he loves her he's like this tinkerer and he essentially uh, it's 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 hard to explain. She kind of gets abused throughout the thing. It's it's pretty graphic at certain points, and he kind of like rebuilds her body and allows her to kind of transform into a mechanized fox, and it like works its way. But it's a really really cool dynamic, and it's a great short there as well on a streaming service. And if you ever get a chance, Love, Death, and Robots is a fantastic show to watch. Every episode's a different story. It's its own self-contained thing. Um, but yeah, very very good. I can't remember the name of it now. It's been a long time since I've watched those. I, I don't venture onto Netflix very often. But, uh, yeah, so Robin meets uh, another, that Wolfwalker girl, and uh, by happenstance gets bitten by her 
becomes a wolf walker and then which creates like some really interesting stuff with her kind of just being in the midst of the city where they hate wolves and that's kind of like the whole thing there it it does Mm -hmm. have this this very um there's different types of (sighs) there's different types of animation i don't want to say this because it's it could be it can be too simplistic but like you've got like the type of um simple animation where you got very clear bad guys very clear good guys and it's kind of like exactly what it's going to do and then there's the more complex stuff where it's like um, like a lot of what Pixar has done or some of what like the Studio GB has done where it's like it's a little bit more shades of gray and you're not exactly sure who like this, this is very like the bad guy is very much like he's he's reminded me a lot of Gaston and like that ending sequence where they're kind of going on raiding the end it's like this feels like it's cribbed straight from Beauty and the Beast the, um, the Lord Protector that yeah guy. that yeah. guy um he like they just he just and he has the same vibe he's like just very evil and and uh and and just like overly overly antagonistic which is fine there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. it's just like it's not like some like to the stuff that pixar's done where they've, you've got like villains like syndrome maybe where he's like he just has a very interesting like he i i under, I, I relate to him more as a character and you can kind of see his perspective a lot more mm-hmm. than somebody like gaston or the lord protector in this film yeah i mean with and there's nothing wrong with that it's just like or like it's just it's just not it's not complex and there, and again like this is just the way the movie is and like you can't fault it for that because it's not trying to be that with, um with the lord protector though you also have to put yourself a little bit into like the mindset here one he's got to rule over the city no for like his motivations and, are clear i'm yeah. just saying it is he, it is simple i'm i'm not but i'm saying that if, in the perspective of the time this is actually a pretty um he's not like that bad of a guy like he's a bad guy to us when you think when you just take a step back and look at what his goals are not that i'm saying i like his character you know he's a bad bad guy but and he's meant to be the villain and we get that but he is one either he's he's off in war trying to you know protect the city in some way against some unknown enemy like he comes back from some little battle and then i think he goes off to do another one at one point um and then he's trying to protect his city against wolves <laughs> That, you know, uh, that are not actually antagonistic. No, they're not. But I'm just saying, like, if you just took a step back, this is a this is a predator that could potentially harm a lot of people. And so he's trying to protect them from that. Uh, And he's trying to help grow the city. Like, you know, that's. Well, yeah, but uh, he's very traditional. That is clear in the in the film. Like, he is the the people definitely believe that that's who he is because that's what he's telling them from that perspective. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, the movie's aware of what you're saying. I know. I'm just um I, so there's a little bit of complexity there, but yeah, I agree. He's not as his deep and like as semi-sympathetic as one might look at syndrome like you had compared, but it it is just I I was looking at this like yeah, he's I suppose a, the the comparison that I'm that I'm saying more so is like Gaston because I just feel like those are much more comparable settings than syndrome, but like mm-hmm. Gaston is also not a super like complex film, but he does also have like a better relationship with the protagonist in a certain way and he also is a much more interesting foil to the beast so like the the beast and gaston at one point when we're very similar in their lives so like the way that those two people like interact with bell and how bell relates to them is a lot more interesting than what we get here because like with the lord protector he really only has relationship with with uh with robin's father um and he kind of like berates him and kind of like demotes him to a certain extent but mm-hmm. like he and and robin is has to like interact with him at some points but it's not he's not uh he doesn't relate to him on a deeper level in the way that that the that uh gaston relates to as a love as a not potential love interest but like a as a 
trying to be a love interest for Belle and then also as a foil to the beast. Like, I, there's just, there's the, those, those come, like, so when you've got something as, somebody as simple as Gaston, when you have those intricate story ties to two of your main characters, here when you've got a, a villain like this, it just doesn't, he, does, he doesn't tie into them as, as, as strongly, I think, as you need to for him to fully function as a simple villain, if that makes sense. Yes, I get what you're saying. And also, you brought up a good point about, uh, how her father keeps getting demoted because of what she's doing. Yeah. Robin would not be good for somebody who's like trying to climb the ladder of society. That is for sure. She is like, like just so. Yeah. And that's another thing with his, with her father. She, he, he does have a very like off putting attitude towards her. Um, and, and we go a lot of the movie without ever getting a really clear explanation as to why he's treating her the way he is and why he is so staunchly, in favor of the Lord Protector's quote-unquote will, as he keeps referring it to. And I then we get an explanation there. for that at the end, um, kind of like what he says, basically he says to her at one point, it's a very touching moment, like or at least it's trying to be a touching moment. Um, but I feel like his explanation, although it's trying to be kind of like this big emotional moment, and I kind of, like I did emotionally connect with that, but at the same time it didn't, it didn't feel sufficiently uh, grounded beforehand um, to be like, the, what it need to be at, what it need to be as as the explanation of why he's treating his daughter so poorly i didn't think he was treating her that poorly at all i i want i like thought he, he, he doesn't a, listen he was, to her he shuts her down immediately he when does, she comes with evidence he says he's he tries to like he doesn't care at like what whatever she's telling him she doesn't care about what she wants at all and he's only he's like literally he's, he's literally allowing the lord protector to control their entire lives he's doing he, everything based on what he wants and nothing on what they like he's literally doing everything in favor of the Lord Protector's quote-unquote will. And there's an interesting thematic thread through that, and it would be fine if they did it that way, but I feel like the reason that it doesn't work for me specifically is because that 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 character motivation isn't grounded soon enough, and if and after that, when it is explained, it's not, like, it doesn't work because it hasn't been foregrounded. It's It works, but it just isn't, like, again, it's it doesn't click as it needs to, like, it, as perfectly as it possibly could. Dude, I think you're totally misreading how their, the father-daughter relationship is with that. One, he, the father can't object to the Lord Protector's laws. Otherwise, he could be put in jail. Yeah, or exactly. Like that. That's He's my under, point. But hold on. He's under the protection of that, uh, of the Lord Protector. He was taken in, obviously, by him at some point, but to be the wolf hunter for them after whatever happened in England. But no, I he has a great relationship with Robin. Robin, like, he is supportive of her. He realizes that she's not, like, your average girl. And the only reason he makes her go to the, um, the stullery... I believe it is the kitchens and stuff. The only reason he makes her do that is because the Lord Protector told him to. But that no, that's what I'm happen, saying. I understand all that stuff is no. I'm, all that stuff works. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying all that stuff. You're right. That's that's what all the motivations are, and that is why he's doing all that stuff. I'm saying once we get the explanation as to why he's following the Lord Protector's will, no matter what, no matter how obvious it is that he needs to not do that. Once we get to that point, it just isn't completely doesn't completely work. You know, if you know the scene I'm talking about where he said, he has something about fear and that's kind of his grounding motivation. We don't get that up until that point. So all what you're saying, all that stuff is true. It's just, and that's the story that need to happen because it, again, it's just the stuff that needs to be to make the plot work the way that it does. And that's just basic storytelling stuff. But like, and that, and I agree, that's all the way it works. But the problem is that I never got that motivation from him in enough time to justify all that stuff. And once it did come, it didn't feel earned. We got to Yep. Run. All right. When we come back, we will start scoring Wolfwalkers. So stick around. There was this one time I went camping with my parents in a forest back when I was maybe like eight or nine. It was amazing. We could hear the sounds of the forest all around us. 
frogs singing and owls calling and a creek nearby, I'll definitely never forget it. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. And we're back here on 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. Gideon and I are reviewing the film Wolfwalkers, and we are about to give our scores for it. So our first category here is first impression. Just so you know, you're making a pretty bad first impression. And obviously you and I both watched this for the first time over the last few days. Yeah, it um, just came out on Apple TV, like, yeah. on Friday. Because I didn't assume you had watched it no. the other way through whatever the, um, I don't think it was Sundance, but it was some sort of festival Yeah, like they've that. been kind of doing that. I don't, like, they, they, I saw this thing for um, Minari, which is a film that is getting really a lot of praise that I don't really want to see. And it was like, you can see this for however much money, but all the spots are filled, so you can't. And I was like, well, great. I was kind of disappointed about that. I, it's probably, I think that's what you're referring to is the same kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times that's how they do it. It's like with these film festivals, like Joker released. How, how It released like weeks well, Joker weeks released early. Yeah. Can, I think. Yeah. I think it, I think it, I don't it know, might it, have it, won Can, which is kind of depressing. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, wherever it released, I think it won, which is kind of weird to me. Um, but it, yeah, that's how mo- a lot of films go to festivals. So yeah. But festivals and wide release are two completely different things. But Most this was one where you festivals. could buy it. And and or buy a rental of it for like yeah, twenty dollars. No, I'm saying I think that, that I th- I think what I saw with Minari was like it was basically a film festival that you could attend virtually. So oh. it was a thing that they were doing specifically because of the pandemic, not because of um, that's a typical release strategy, as far as I'm aware. But then there's also screeners, and screeners are different because screeners only get sent to critics, mm-hmm. not available to the public. Yeah. Whereas film festivals are a little bit different because you can attend them if you're not a critic. They are still are still really still really expensive. I don't really know because I've never done any of that stuff, so I'm not necessarily the most qualified person to talk on this. But um, but yeah, let's give our scores for first impression. I was very pleased with this film. I liked it very much. I I liked all the characters. I loved the animation style. I thought the music was beautiful. I thought the story Sound was great. Too. Sound design is awesome. Like just the ambient stuff. Everything is really cool. I, I, like at the beginning, especially. Who doesn't love a film with amb- with ambiance like that, especially in anime, animated films. Yeah, you when, know, you can, the, when you can give texture to the world with sound design, it's always, oh, yeah, great stuff. Tartakovsky is the master at that, but this film does a great job, and just the sound of birds and stuff is just perfect the way they, they handle it. Um, I would give this a nine. Yeah, I, I didn't like it that as much as you did. I did really enjoy this, though. Um, I, I, I gave this a seven. I can see it maybe itching up on a second viewing. I don't see it going down. Um, because it is very solid. Um, I think I'm pretty firmly grounded in seven territory. Okay, that's fine. Um, again, it's like it's got it does it does everything that I want. I, Run is a similar example of this actually. Run, which came out on Hulu a call like a month ago now, um, where it's just doing really interesting things from a filmmaking perspective. Um, but it's not necessarily all coming together from a storytelling perspective. And like other films where it's just like you're not doing anything interesting, you're not making any interesting choices. So I'm just like disengaged entirely. And when the story's also not there, it's just like, eh. Um, and here it's both this and run have really interesting stories. It's just like they never, there's just certain points where it like doesn't quite click together. And here it clicks together better than it doesn't run, I think. But okay. again, seven is my score. Well, well, speaking of story, that is our next category. Story. And, uh, I would say the story with this was really, really good. I liked it a lot. I like how some not everything is totally revealed. Um, yeah, it's got an interesting reveal sequence. Um, 
in the way that like they the the powers of the wolf walkers happen and kind of like the the relationship between them and the uh, Lord Protector is I, all really great. I was thinking more like Maeve and her mother in that whole situation. They never needed to fully explain everything that had happened. Oh, yeah, and that sort of stuff. And and I kind of liked that. that I do agree it. with that. But as soon as as soon as Robin sees that one thing in that one place, I mm-hmm. was like, I know exactly what's going on here. And I don't know if that was meant to happen or not. I think, I think it, it was. Probably, it I, was think pro- little... I think it probably was supposed to be very obvious, even though they don't say it. Yeah, I mean, it. It because uh, if they would have just all of a sudden introduced that way later, it would have felt out of left field for sure. So um, I think that was them kind of do... laying the groundwork. Correct. But uh, I thought the story was good. I, it, it, at certain points, I was I was very very emotionally invested in it, and it was, I I never like was pulled out of it. It was awesome throughout and i loved the action i liked the story beats i like everything about it it was beautifully written and uh again i would probably give this a nine yeah I, there's i'm just trying to think about the different characters and the different beats that they're hitting throughout this movie like robin and then mave and they all they all have again the motivations are we we talked about this in the previously about the motivations that are happening here and i think for the most part they, they work um and the story does clip along at a pretty good pace it does kind of have like i said with the with the reveal sequence of what we learn about the powers and stuff and how that all stuff all that stuff works i think again the like and then the climax does a really interesting thing with again it uses the symmetry of the animation style and kind of evoc er, the this the ending itself is kind of evocative of that in the way that they kind of have to do what they have to do mm-hmm. um and i really like that too um and get, the Lord Protector still does play a really interesting role in the way that he that he 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 says that he had it's it's the manifest destiny thing basically is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, in like in I a have, way, I'm like, going to do what I'm going to do because God said I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to say it. But even even though I'm basically God myself, like he has Lord Protector, he calls himself Lord, and, and well, so he like kind I of think that's more of like the position. feudalistic Lord idea, not necessarily. Like no, 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 I understand, but like he says, he says. Um, he says, "Lord, what do you want me to do?" As in referring to Lord yeah, he as wants, in God. He wants God want, but then he's want, also yeah. he's also substituting himself into that position and saying, "Lord, like that's the like he's he is his own God." And God and, is acting through him. No, no, no that's what words. he thinks. But like yeah. what he ends up actually doing is he basically substituting himself as God. Mm. Not he's I mean, that's never explicitly said, but he is he is effectively acting as that. He never is actually topping to consider if God is actually telling him what to do, he's just doing what he wants to do and saying that God is telling him to do it as a, as a, as justification for his own desires. Um, which, which is, is why basically the entire thing is in the crappy situation that they're in. Which, I mean, I'd say that's pretty on par with pretty much any, uh, ancient feudal leader, you know, um, <laughs> at least in Europe, that's, that's pretty much what you just said is about how they all, all acted. I mean, it was always like them when, it, when a King, especially in Great Britain would say like, you know, they were, appointed by God or their family was and it's like that so they they got that whole thing going for yeah. it but uh anyway yeah and you were bringing up earlier how uh you were comparing him to other Disney or uh, you know some Disney villains like Gaston I always thought of this guy more like the 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 the, the bad guy from Hunchback in Notre Dame kind of more got dude I haven't seen that movie in ages i, I haven't either tell but tell you what even happens i dude i same thing but i'm just saying i kind of got more his vibes when i was watching this guy but uh 
which actually kind it of brings- feels the the end the end of this is just so much kill the beast kill the beast that that entire sequence in Beauty and the Beast like it's like basically the same thing happening. Well, um, don't forget. Well, there because the climax the, of of Hunchback also kind of ends. Does it really? Yeah, I, I I would know. But then it's also like the far, part where like all the the wolves and stuff mm-hmm. very remind of the reminds me so much of like the way that they kind of interact is very similar to the way that like the stuff in the Beast's castle all kind of attacks yeah. everybody. But uh, yeah. all right, well then it brings us yeah, to well yeah. What is your oh score? Yeah, I, I score. think seven. So, okay, so two nines and two sevens. Okay, coming up next is. I thought the acting was phenomenal. I can't think of a single person that uh, was was bad in this. I thought all the characters were a lot of fun, uh, especially the the one dude, the the guy in the stockades for most. Yeah, <laughs> the farmer guy. Like he was funny. Like he was kind of a little bit of comic relief, though. Maeve was, you know, at certain points too. But I, I think he was he was definitely the main comic relief, and he was he was good. Yeah. I don't, I, everybody oh, was believable to me, though. Yeah, I don't think we've done an animated movie yet. I just look. I don't think we've done an animated movie yet. Um, really? So we, I, or at least scored one, at least on the spreadsheet. Um, so it gives me kind of a chance. I from acting with animation, you've got to consider two different things. You've got to consider both the voice performance, but then also the way that the the animators are acting through their animation. If that makes sense, yeah, how like they the, emote, how the, how the characters emote on screen using uh, through their animation. Um, so like I feel like if you have I I would be all for advocating for animated performances winning Oscars. It's just oh, absolutely. you would give it to more than one person. You give it to the, both the voice actor and then the, all the animators that are key on that one specific character. I think that would be the best way. I think that'd be a really interesting way to include them in performances. Anyways, that'd be a cool way. That's to just my theory on animated performances. Um, but here again, like you've got the the symmetrical kind of ninety degree everything. You're always looking at anything from a ninety degree angle happening going on here it's like almost a stained glass window type of thing um and that's an interesting thing like you're limiting yourself and there's a lot of greatness that comes from that but then in in limiting yourself you're also losing a little bit of things here i think it's you're not losing too much um because it is two-dimensional animation and you're still getting a lot of um just the typical great stuff that the typical uh, evocative emotive things that can happen from hand-drawn animation as opposed to computer animation um which is always great um so i think i'll go eight for this uh okay i'm gonna go for, i'm gonna go seven i'm gonna tell you why there's no real voice performance that stands out as phenomenal like you think of like uh, i Maeve did not really though like you think of like finding dory or, or finding nemo or or aladdin with like and, and you know it's like ellen jenner and dory and you've got robin williams as the genie or like even even the lion king where you've got um, Jeremy Irons as Scar, or or both Jeremy Irons as Scar and James Earl Jones as Mufasa, like just amazing voice performances that are instantly iconic. And I didn't, you don't hear that, or Tom Hanks as Woody, or really any like a, just a, any number of voice performances. And I couldn't get that out of this. So there's no, there's no one person's like okay, instantly iconic, or even instant, instantly like great performance. And I it's know, like I they're all like, correct. They're all solid across the board. Um, but I think I just gotta go for seven on acting as well. Did I just give a story of acting? I don't think I, don't I have. I think so. Uh, I'm going to give this a nine again because I, I mean it wasn't like it didn't blow me away like certain films have, but this was about as good and and just just below that ten. Like it's just this most of the features in this. Uh, I mean I I loved this film. I thought it was awesome. One of the best films I've seen all year. It just it wasn't like a ten out of ten film. I mean, it's for one me, of but, the best films I've seen of all year too. It's just there haven't been many great films come out this year. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I, I would definitely give this a nine for sure. Uh, next category, look and feel. Yeah, look and feel. I got a bad feeling about this. 
look and feel uh fantastic yeah. fantastic visuals yeah. in this sound design's awesome beautiful art i mean just everything about it was awesome very stylized very yeah. um reminiscent of this of this uh studio because a lot of their stuff kind of looks this way um kind you, of having more detail as it's closer to the to the camera than farther away like yeah i love the rough lines like where you kind of see the animation lines happening yes. on top of it a little bit that's really cool during movements um almost almost like a I don't want to say like an Ed Ed and Eddie style because that the lines are just shifting and and squiggling as they happen. But um, I'm trying to think of if there's any. It's like it's them. like you're seeing an earlier production kind of like laid on top of a final production. It's like yeah. gives it a rough characteristic that kind of like feels very natural yeah. to what's happening. I'm gonna go eight for this. I'm gonna give this a ten. This was this was about everything I would ask for from an animated film visually. There is nothing I would have changed. I thought stylistically this was just perfect. Um, really cool stuff they did a lot of unique uh camera angles at certain points and yeah they it, it's it is interesting how they t kind of take they still they still adhere to the 90 degree kind of like where you're looking at something only from that perspective mm -hmm. and then it's like but then you can still see interesting new ways where they kind of look at things through that um yeah pretty cool and then the last category is it's gonna have a psychological effect on how the audience perceives you and uh for a fact this film, I, I would say probably an eight. The ending wasn't as strong at, I mean, at the absolute end, the ending wasn't as strong as I was thinking it would be. And I mean, like last like minute maybe. Yeah. But besides that, it was really good. I thought it established things it, pretty it, well. It felt and, like that one point in Shrek 2 where they're uh, in the wedding uh, cart thing and donkeys in the back. Like talking, it, I thought of that immediately. I don't know why. I I, I am well. That's more comedic. But I know it's just it was just random was, because of the way that what yeah whatever. It's, visually, I see what you're saying. Yeah, just I know it has nothing. It literally has nothing to no do. No thematic this, yeah. <laughs> connection, but uh, but um, I do see what you're saying visually. But I thought of this more like a gypsy kind of like traveling away or something, you know, yeah, in that part like that. But, um, um, my score for effect, I, I, I connected emotionally with the relationship between the father and daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, I feel like it's just some of the, so it's like, it just feels like it's not quite there, um, to like have me fully invested as I need to be, to be like all out. I thought Maeve and her mother had a, a super strong connection, even though it was mostly yeah, Maeve. But her mother's not really there involved. Could, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, I just didn't, again, I didn't emotionally connect to that as much as I did as the relationship between the father and daughter. I'm going to go with a seven for effect because, again, I just enjoyed it mostly I all the way I, through. I think this is going to get an eight for me. Yeah, you said that already. Yeah. Um, so when we come back, we'll give final scores then. Yep. From Feature Story News in New York, I'm William Denzelow. The top Republican in the U.S. Senate, Mitch McConnell, has recognized Joe Biden as U.S. president-elect. This comes after the Electoral College confirmed Biden's victory. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has released a report finding Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective. And the European Union has unveiled tough new rules which aim to rein in the powers of tech giants. Welcome back to 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen. Gideon and I here are about to give you our final score for the film Wolfwalkers. Gideon, what are we at? We got an 81 out of 100, which 80. puts us um, at the same score as both Tenet and Bad Education. 
All right, so still not bad. I mean, anything above an 80, I'd say, for our score is still a good film, definitely worth watching for any any crowd members who are listening and you're wondering if you should see these films or not. It is definitely worth a watch. I would probably watch it a second time for sure. Just, uh, I mean, the story's solid and the visuals are just great, but an 81, I think, is fair. I, um, yeah. right off the top of my head right now, I can't think of a ton of other animated films that I liked better, at least 2D animated that I that I liked better than this. But uh, when I compare it to, like, other 2D animated TV shows, again, I always bring up Tartakovsky, but most of his stuff, I would say, is a little better than this, but still solid film. So now, I, I could rattle Iron Giant, Lion King, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Beauty the Beast. I mean, Iron Giant, maybe, but, I mean, I liked Robin and Maeve a lot more than I liked Hogarth. That's for sure. Oh, it's not even a comparison. The for best me. He's character such in Iron Giant is, is Kent Mansley. I mean, come on, or Dean. Well, uh, Kent Mansley is is also an overtly terrible person. Yeah, but, um, compared no, to I him, don't know, he's man. still a more he's, interesting character because like, he has more quirks to him than the Lord Protector does. Um, he's, he's manipulative, sure, but at the same time, he's just one okay, spit it away. <laughs> any of the Ghibli movies, literally any of them, are probably better than this. I don't know. Whatever. I, I, one time we got to do Iron Giant for a review. Now that you say that, I want that to be like our next animated film. <laughs> but uh, our our next film we're going to be talking about is the first Lord of the Rings film from two thousand one, uh, Fellowship of the Rings, and uh, yeah, it's. You know, based off of uh, who's the author who wrote the uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, Tolkien wrote yeah. the Lord of the Rings. That's probably right. my favorite book of all time. Really, honestly, probably yeah. Aren't they like huge, like Harry Potter sized books? Well, like, aren't they insane? It's like, to like... me, it's all one book in three separate volumes. Mm. Um, because it's all one story. It's not like yeah. something yeah, yeah. like Harry Potter where you've got huge books that all kind of coalesce towards. Yeah. It's it's literally one like there's there's you can't separate them from each other in it's, a way that you can. Um so, Harry Potter. So in other words, there should be like a mega book that's I like have 1, a mega book that all has all three of them together. Really? Yeah. How many pages is that? Uh I think it's like it's a it's like a thousand ish pages, I think, total. Wow. So one Stephen King book. <laughs> yeah, but, well no, literally I looked at I when I bought it, it was I had it had it there and then it was right next to it. Yeah, like basically the same size. It is oh huge, dude. It's ginormous. Like I'm dude, reading he, that book. Stephen King writes like <laughs> six so pages big. a day. My brother read this one series by Stephen King mm-hmm. called the Dark Tower series. I read the first book. I and then I didn't have. Like, and then yeah, you time. you started when um, you were ten, like, and you ended Dark Tower when no, you were eighteen. <laughs> he, he crushed it all in like last summer. Oh my gosh, like, he's just yeah, good on him. But uh, for Lord of the Rings, here you follow, you know, a couple hobbits and a wizard and. You know, they just kind of go on a journey to return some jewelry and, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the I most know, put, reductive words possible. You know, um, uh, they didn't like it. They thought, you know, it didn't really, uh... Sh- it, it wasn't a ring to really show off, you know. It's hard to, you know, really catch somebody's eye when you're wearing that ring. So it's like, uh... It's impossible to catch somebody's <laughs> eye when you're wearing it. <laughs> so that's, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't really the the statement they wanted to have when they were wearing it. So instead they're like, well, oh, let's return it, you know. And uh, where do you, re- where the only recycling plant they had, you know, is on top of this volcano that's like way out there. So they got to go to that. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Exactly. This is like my favorite film series to like totally describe in a reductive way like that that's the only yeah which is which is i mean that's fine it's just really interesting to me because like this is the most like complex and dense and like interesting (laughs) world ever on like there's just so like you can be reductive like about the the broad story of it um 
but like even this film like watching it i'm like there's so much stuff that's like in the and the, the film itself i feel like is pretty complex but this film itself is still leaving out so well, much well tolton came up with every, interesting I mean, content like like just because like there's like okay so why is why how does gandalf get off saruman's tower again like he like an eagle comes and flies and get him and i and then but like the book literally goes into like all the things that he has to do to or like because basically he Radagast is in the book basically and then Radagast kind of like talks to him and then the eagle comes and flies and then he has to talk to the eagle and it's like the eagle why can't they do the eagles to the Mordor and so it's, it's, it, the book actually explains all of this stuff <laughs> I would love to but have a transcript like, of what you just said like the last like two paragraphs would be hilarious to read <laughs> yeah it probably made absolutely zero sense because I'm just like trying to yeah pretend like the audience doesn't know what this film is about just I know them, I'm so bad at doing that though <laughs> Give him a little synopsis for real, not not All right, my so version. So for real synopsis, okay. There's this ring. It starts out with like the history of the ring, mm-hmm. not the history of the Middle Earth. That would be a much longer story. Yeah. Um. So basically, the the ring was created by Sauron, um, who is a Miar, which they don't mention that. So basically, the same type of deity or, de- or of entity that like Gandalf and Saruman are, um, mm-hmm. and the Balrog and everybody. Um. But so he's kind of like, but the, he's like a really powerful one. Um, and so he basically is like taking over the entire world and like, so like they can't use, they can't stop him. So then they cut off the ring off his hand, the men do, and then they get the ring, which is the ring of power, which basically his entire, one his, ring his entire life force is connected yeah. to the ring. So then they're going to toss the ring into Mount Doom. Um, then the dude keeps and it. And then he keeps it because it's impossible to throw it into the fire. Some prince, by the way, this the events Gideon's talking about are like a thousand years or something before, or two thousand years before the events of the I think film. They say like two thousand five hundred in the movie. Yeah, they surmise um, it real fast in a couple minutes, and then it. Yeah, and, so that's Isildur, who's who's so, Aragorn's ancestor. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Isildur can't throw the thing in the fire because nobody can throw the wing in the fire because it's not possible. It, it tempts the human um, mind, so he keeps it. He gets killed. It ends up in a river. Uh, then, then Gollum, Gollum finds it. Gollum picks it up. And he um, goes, and he goes crazy for like 500 years. And yep, then and he then, loses it somehow. And Which is in The Hobbit. So a lot of the interesting things about this movie is like, I was watching, it was like, this real, they, they're including references to The Hobbit. Yeah. But it feels they very like. about the dragon, like in the, the dragon, wagon ride. The trolls. Yeah. And then Gollum, obviously. Um, which is like, it feels very, like it feels oh. in this one, like you should have known the story of Hobbit first because yeah. the Hobbit was the one that was well, written you first. Well, know, who was arguing yeah, that I, I should know, watch I the Hobbit first? I'm just saying first. it's really interesting that the, 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 this is the movie that was made first. Like, it feels like they should have made the Hobbit first. And also, if they had made the Hobbit first, they wouldn't have stretched it out to three terrible movies. Um, but they, they should. I mean, I, I agree. All, I always think they if you're going to do a movie series, you got to start at the beginning. I, it's a, I mean, I mean, if you imagine Jar Jar in episode one, but imagine an, uh, a 1977 version of Jar Jar. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't completely subscribe to that theory. Well, the interesting thing about this is that the way that another, I'm, you're gonna be caught talking about Lord of the Rings. I'm not gonna be able to stop. So, but in the book, right. basically, a lot of the stuff with when Gandalf like goes off to talk to Saruman, in this movie they play it linearly more or less. So like you're watching uh, Frodo in his house, that and all that stuff with Frodo between mm-hmm. the time he gets the ring and the time he has to leave, that takes like 50 years in the book. Um, for that to all happen oh, um yeah. but so basically when gandalf is off captured by saruman that whole fight between them also is so stupid like literally that does not even happen in the book but it's, it's so dumb in the movie i hate that scene so much anyways um <laughs> so so when gandalf is that all happens he we don't learn any of that until the council of elrond 
basically like we we're following Frodo for most of the time, and then we get to all around, and Frodo's like, "Yo, where 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 were you at, Gandalf? What's up? You just left me hanging." And Gandalf's like, "Uh, story for another time." And then they and then so that's at that's in Rivendell, but then and then later at the Council of Elrond, that's when Gandalf's like, "Okay, and now I'm finally gonna tell you all where I went." And so it's it's Tolkien playing really interestingly with like the way that you can tell a story non linearly. Yeah. This is time, where I got to this th- yeah. thought because you mentioned telling story linear. So like the book book literally does it non linearly, but this doesn't, and it's like. It makes sense to be due to that in a film. And it's fine. There's it's, there's nothing wrong with that choice. There's other choices that Jackson makes that I like a lot less. Um, I I will say like this is when, gonna sound like I hate the movie. I'm just think I'm just no all no the problems you, with the that it doesn't follow the book. But dude, this is I mean, if you just let me go off on like the Star Wars expanded universe, I'd be kind of the same way you are yeah. right now. So don't <laughs> don't worry about that, man. And and what you said about this being like one of the most expansive worlds in 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 human like, media it's not history just expansive it's the fact that it's expansive and it's very textured it has a very rich like it's not just like all these rules and stuff it has a history to it yeah and the history manifests manifests itself as this very like like sadness almost in the in the world that they're in this current state of the world mm-hmm. and and in the movie because you're not getting that uh uh broader description in the book that's where the movie has its very a lot of strengths is because it's just a very like it's it's almost un- unidentifiable um and you're just getting the vibe of sadness from a lot of what's happening and that i really like about it because it's like you don't have to focus on the very specifics as to how we got here but you're just kind of like seeing like oh this is like very melancholy and like you and it's just i just love that about the movie uh, well what i was I, I mean i i can agree with most of that but what i was saying is just that this is very expansive and and what's on on for for like this is is this just three separate books and it all just I'm pretty sure it's just three books, right? So there are three volumes that were published separately, three, okay. but it's one single story. Exactly. So in th- in those three volumes, that was essentially what was put out, and that is the universe of this. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. As, and the lore he sets in that. And I would say for a single book series and, and single idea that isn't built upon outside of that by outside sources, this is probably the most expansive. It's I would great, say, and I, it's also how like coherent it is compared to like sorry, it's coming it, like Star Wars, which is like. But I'm I saying love Star that Wars Star Wars is not as, as expansive in if you just look at the if movies. You just look at Star Wars, but, but but if you outside, take everything yes. and let's say pre pre uh, pre sequels and stuff like that, pre Disney, oh, if yeah, you like look at the the, Republic, the, expan- old Republic. the yeah the old Republic all the way up to the uh, New Republic, and you do all that stuff, and you take all the extra things there, I would say Star Wars is the biggest universe as far as media goes in that respect, but not as far as the base groundwork. For the sure. The base groundwork, I would say Lord Star of the Rings Wars, is a lot more Star Wars itself. Like 1977 Star Wars is a lot simpler than it is. <laughs> Lord and, of the Rings. And even if you take um, the original six movies, it still doesn't have as much. I mean, it, the the lore of Star Wars was built around the movies yeah. by the fans who loved right, it. Exactly. And, and it was okayed well, by Lucas and his, and, and, and I Lucas feel like books. as a result of that, Star Wars itself as a whole is a little bit less like coherent than Lord of the Rings, but there's nothing wrong with it. Like I love Star Wars because it's basically just like like crazy. Like it's just it just the the rules and stuff are just kind of like very. It's just like whatever we want to do, and well, it's really cool for that. What's um, cool about how Star Wars handled it though with their expanded universe was there were there was tiers to how legit something was, and you know like books were above comics and video games were I above mean, books. Lord and of the it was Rings like, is kind of like that to an extent because he did he literally the Silmarillion was published after uh, Tolkien died. So, mm-hmm. like, there's a certain level to, like, questioning of how legit it is. But, like, it kind of stands as what L- Tolkien wanted to be as a result of him dying sooner than the Silmarillion was published. is like, literally becoming the mythology for the English language, yeah. um, which is what he intended it to be. But to a certain extent, honestly, Star Wars has kind of become that for, like, America in a lot yeah. of ways. For the Yeah, more modern. Like, Lord of the Rings is the mythology for 
an England, older, and then yeah. yep. <laughs> Star Wars has basically more or less become the modern mythology for America. I mean, not in the same way, though, because it's a little bit different because Lord of the Rings technically was based on Middle Earth, which is going to later become... Sorry. Uh, it's we okay. Move, we we got to move we, on. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. But don't worry. We're not done talking about this. When we come back, <laughs> we're going to be uh, scoring the first Lord of the Rings film, so stick around. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? Amid the chaos? Or is the best time, perhaps... Today, go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. And we're back here on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Gideon and I are going to be scoring Fellowship of the Rings. And actually start talking about the actual movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, for our... I mean, we did that with Star Wars, too. Where we just kind of, like, literally talked about it. Because you can't do it without talking about it. Like, because with Star Wars, we kind of went off. I, I could have a four-hour conversation on on almost every single Star Wars episode. I mean, I've sent you, you know, long videos yeah. of that and all that. But let's get into the first impression score here for Lord of the Rings. Uh, how did you feel about it? This this specific movie, the movie itself, is a it's still a ten out of ten. Like it's as for as much as I can like dissect all the choices that are made and like complain that this is not the perfect adaptation of the books and that it's still a really 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 good adaptation of the books. Um, the best adaptation of the three films, um, in my opinion. Uh, uh well, and, there's six films. I mean, if you include the Hobbit, oh, yeah. Stuff too. Okay, so of the three, I mean, Lord of the Rings specifically. Mm. Um, not. Tolkien's Legendarium entirely. Um, but yeah, 10 out of 10 for first impression for me. I, I love the movie. Um, and the movie, it was, I think I might have actually seen the movie before I read the book, now this, that I think about it. This was my first time watching it. And uh, so, like, you, you're more or less first introduction to the, the material. Yep. And I, I, I don't know. Part part of me was like trying to get into it, but this movie being made in 2001 and some of the effects were so dated and so. Oh, I think the effects in this one are, uh, are hold up for the most part really well. If you watch, I mean, just that opening sequence alone pulled me out of it like two yeah, or three times with, with all the with all the people like, with the action over and, and yeah, stuff. like it's, when they're whipping people around. And there was like this really dumb like fire uh, effect that looked like it was the explosion from Independence Day. Like it was that like you know or that kind of corny where it just doesn't proportionally look right and like yeah. there were I, things like that that i didn't well, like and it, and does, the, it does go big at the start and then comes down smaller and i think that's another choice that I'm, and the, i mean it, i the, i like it better if it starts small and expands out from there whereas the movie decides to basically throw a whole bunch of stuff at you in rather than figure it out yourself which i'm not a huge fan of i don't know and I, mean, and I mean i still don't like the universe of, of lord of the rings that much i really don't it's like I, I it's like skyrim that, but though. not as good or i'm sorry elder scrolls but not as good i like the elder scrolls universe a ton more than this i mean i don't really know anything about that oh um, dude i think elder scroll does scrolls does fantasy way better than than tolkien did even though i can appreciate what he's done i i will say he like he wrote something a lot better and more thorough than i ever could and it was more popular and 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 i know a ton of people love it and that's great it is not my thing uh it was all right it was watchable but it took me out a lot of times with the bad effects and the, all the stuff. Any Anytime I'm watching A Hobbit and all of a sudden they, they just mess with the proportions with camera work too much. Oh, I and think it, that stuff is the stuff that holds up the best. It always throws me out of it, though, because it's like whenever you see in A Hobbit or Hobbits by themselves, they look totally normal proportioned. You know, they look yeah, like they're, they're walking like, around. They're like I five, think when five the, foot when ten. Next to Gandalf, it looks like it, 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 for the most weird. part is like very like it's it's kind of weird. But like if you're into it, like I feel like it's, it holds up pretty well it's, compared to like some of the stuff in the later films where you get the huge battle sequences like yeah. the the. the the yeah it's i just, get what you mean but but it throws me off it throws me off i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you off we just gotta keep moving here gideon so i'm thinking of five for my first impression yeah okay. um 
I mean, I might, I, I might have to watch the whole, all three of them just to see. I watched it once. It wasn't like the worst experience ever. I've definitely seen worse films than this. Yeah, I mean, this. I feel like this one is also less action oriented um, than the others. So if that's more of your thing, I don't, I, mean, I don't know if it is or not. Um, I mean, it's just mostly the lore and stuff that I just couldn't really get behind. I love the background stuff, like uh, outside yeah, what, of some bad what effects. What about like, the lore specifically? Because like, I feel like the just, lore in this is like, like is the like some of the greatest stuff ever made, and, and Jackson adheres to it. I've never uh, been a big thing of like enough. mythical, like you know, high elf kind of deals. You know, Skyrim. I don't like that either. Uh, you know. Any anything with like trolls or any of that sort of stuff. Typically, I like more of a magical. Like it's cool if you're in like a different realm or whatever, like a, a you know fictional universe. But I always I'm always just more focused on the human characters than I am of any of like the mythical creatures, unless it's like let's say World of Warcraft, like wargens or something. Yeah, but I feel like there's such a rich history that in the in the ways that the species different I, species relate to each other in this I in get this that. in this world. But I I, um, I dig the lore. I, I dig world building. But it's just I. I I don't know. It's just weird. It's, it's some some something about it just rubs me the wrong way. I've just never been a huge fan of it. So yeah, that so I'd say five for that. But um, story itself. Now that we're we'll get into that category. Yeah. I I didn't think it was terrible. I get. I mean, you got to go on. You got to start this adventure and 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 you know, kick it off. And I understand it's not going to be as. Uh, as uh, action oriented as you know the next few films will be, and I could tell that it's kind of building up to that. But, um, and I thought the characters were all right. I mean, as far as like how they're written and stuff, they seemed okay. It's just it's just mostly my biggest peeves with this are like the species, the these mythical species, and then how how certain things are filmed is what kind of bothers me the most. So for story, I would say this so probably the story. A, if you don't have a problem with the story, then it doesn't sound like. Um, not not as much. There are definitely better stories out. I mean, I'm still going to give it like a six or a seven. I'm like teetering on that. I think I'm just going to give it a seven for now. Yeah, I mean, but I, that might change over time with me. But right now, while it matters, while I'm actually officially scoring, I'm going to say a seven. Yeah, this is one of the coolest stories ever, and it's just a perfect start. Um, this is a ten. Like it, it just does every. Like again, it follows the source material. That's basically perfect. Um, Such a fanboy, dude. <laughs> Like I, like I just don't know how you get better than this. Like it's the it's such a it's such an epic journey, and it all plays out in a really interesting way. Um, solid pacing. Um, yeah, pacing was alright. And like for a three hour movie, pacing is amazing. Um, and I, and just the the characters are all great. Like for the, and you gotta really the the way that the it's almost a team up movie in a lot of ways, but it's just not an obvious team up. Like the Avengers, the Avengers, like I mean, they call it the Fellowship of the Ring, so it's kind of the same thing. But no, I, um, I, now that you made the comparison to Avengers, like I'm just picturing scenes with the music from the Avengers. Yeah, but I mean, like you got you get you get introduced to to Frodo, and then you get introduced mm -hmm. to Gandalf, and then you get and then kind of Sam pops up, and then Merry and Pippin. Yeah pop in and then you get to the Rivendell and then Legolas and Gimli come in and then Boromir's there too and then they all kind of come together and then we kind of see them and then they break at the end. Like it's just a really interesting, that's kind of the arc of this specific movie. Um, it, 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 it Kind of the way that they make this more self-contained and able to be released as a single uh, standalone film. Yeah. Um, and that part of it is really interesting but then also it's setting up stuff for the later journey about how um, Merry and Pippin are going to be captured and then the, uh, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli are going to have to go and get them. And then Frodo and Sam are going to go off on their own, do their own thing, and then Gandalf is fighting the Balrog. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So like all, all just like set up. And in terms of the way that this movie kind of sets up for the for the, what's going to come, and then also m manages to be a, a self-contained film, is is it, 
astonishing, honestly. And the fact that, like, the whole thing was able to be done in this time, I think this, the effects are still really good for my, personally. Uh, so acting is the next category. Well, what's your, oh, you said 10. Oh, I said that? 10, yeah. yeah. Okay, acting, I thought was okay. Um, parts of the, some parody stuff I've seen kind of took, again, like, I'm this listening This sounds to, like you've, like, I've the fact ruined. that it's been pushed off to this point, it, and then you, like, see memes and parodies I, not and memes, stuff. Not memes, but, like, that it, like, the Arl Knotts parody of this, like, ten, it's, like, called, like, 10 Improvements to fix Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit. And it's like, one thing is they make, they change Gandalf's name to Gandalf. So everybody's like, hey, okay, Gandalf. seems just and, like. And there's another one that's like, they make Gandalf senile. So every every line he says, he's got like these really deep, like, you know, like right off the, at, yeah, the, at mean, the beginning when he's like, you know. I can they, see how somebody might find that funny, but that's just like, I'll, I'll, I don't, don't want to be too ser- self-serious about like something I love this much, but like that just isn't funny to me. Well, I, and they were, it wasn't on, on this film, but it was like The Hobbit, but it's a, it's the same characters and you watch, you know. Or a lot of the same characters. Um, yeah. From but, an acting perspective, for me, like, the fact that you can... The performances are so good here that you're, like, literally believing that these characters are living in this fantasy world and, like, I, bringing real personal emotion to it. I liked everybody um, except Sam, and I'll just be real brief. I think Oh, I'm give- Sam is one of the best ones. I mean, here he does not give it... I don't think he... Like, this is one of his weakest films because he doesn't have as much to do as he does in the later films, but, like, his still personal arc and the way that he, like, takes after cares about Frodo is like I'm like I love all that stuff so much like gonna, Sean Astin's great I'm gonna give it an 8 for acting it's one of its stronger things I this might honestly also be a 10 for me like this oh is God. like some are of the you best, going 50 out of 50 here I, I don't know like I pro, maybe like I feel like this the the I, this is in my top what five of all time I feel like again this is the best one of the three I I think mm-hmm. um Best of again, the six, like I just too. feel like, and and the 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 char- the charisma that like Legolas and Gimli bring, which again I'm, I might be bringing their later performances to it here because they're not again giving us much to do here, and you don't get Gollum unfortunately. Like Gollum is probably the best performance in the whole series, honestly. Yeah, that's another one. I'm not. I, I never. Here. I never could get behind Gollum. I'd um, watch. I'd watch a movie revolving around Jar Jar than five minutes of watching Gollum okay, meander around stop. a cave. Okay, I'm uh, serious. Let's move on. Look and feel. <laughs> that that. <laughs> I, we don't have time to argue about this. <laughs> Look and Feel was solid, that's like not um, even except, in the realm of well, okay, so Look and Feel is weird because some of the background stuff is fantastic, and some oh, of like the world great. building, the like physical Rivendell, sets are great. Oh my gosh, well, here, here, the two like giant statue things. Here's my here's my thing about Outside it. Outside Lothlorien. This is at a weird time in Hollywood when visual effects just weren't where they needed to be, and they were really hard into the uncanny valley. Opening sequence. I that, think this, so, this one, at certain parts, I was thinking this looks like it's the effects from like the Mummy series. It looked like that yeah, level. But Uncanny Valley is not as big of a deal when it's not like per like the people themselves. Well, like and their faces. Some like, of the effects. It doesn't try to. Do, it, does, it doesn't try to do like like something like a. Face, some, where they're not focusing on their face to a point where it becomes distracting because like the emo, as long as the emotion does, from the faces are coming through and the eyes and stuff like that, I feel like you, I'm I'm on board. For Uncanny it. Valley like can broader, apply to anything. It doesn't have to be just a. You no, know, I understand, person, and I'm but, saying I'm just saying that the Uncanny Valley matters more to me when it's the when it's the performances and stuff that are being affected by it. Okay, and here it's not that. And, but like you look at the that that one huge at the beginning, it's like one it's like one shot. Yeah, but it, and I don't think you can like, right you off can the bat. It took me out. It took it, any, well, okay, any time. It doesn't I'm matter. just saying that one shot from the beginning of the movie shouldn't affect your entire opinion of the entire thing when the rest it, of it is as solid as it is. And I agree that one shot is not great, but like it, it, it's because it's trying to go so big of scale. There were again, other parts. I disagree it wasn't with that just entire that. choice to begin with. It was. It, those are just some of the more egregious ones that popped out at me right away at the beginning. Yeah, sure. I'm just saying that this was at a time in Hollywood when there was kind of a fight between the transition between animated stuff and still physical sets for a lot of things this was right in that transition period just like matrix 
and and it's a weird situation and the effects aren't great. Things that are great about this, the physical sets, when that yeah, happens, great. the score the is beautiful. The sets to do force perspective, which yeah. is also great. The score is beautiful. Yep. Some of the set, like the grander set pieces, like you were saying, with the statues and stuff, awesome, yeah. great. But there are other things when it takes me out of it, it loses points. Okay, name and, one other example besides the beginning. Because I can't think of one. I'm telling it's always the use of perspective with the hobbits and their size. That always bothers me. Okay, well, I don't think that's a problem. That's, uh, that, that bothers me throughout the entire this series. This is a 10 for me, no um, question. This is a 7. It loses it with some of the effects, but overall I can still appreciate the physical effects and all that. I, I think certain parts are great. And I knowing that a lot of this is out, out on location is awesome. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's my two cents on it. Last thing, effect... Uh, I would say, again, probably a five. I was just like, eh, I've never really gotten into this universe. It's never been my my thing. So how are you on a FET? And then uh, we'll finish her up. Um, I don't think I've ever given a 50 out of 50 before Well, on the show. I think we got, it was like 49 or something with Once Upon a Time for both of us. Yeah. Or something close to that. One of us did 48, one did 49. Um, uh, I'm, a 10? I'm between a nine and a 10. I'm not sure. Because, again, there's just some things. I, I'm going to give it a 10 because we don't have time. I'm just going to do it. All right. End off the semester with a bang. So then with our last 10 seconds here, do you have our... Gives it an 82 out of 100. 82, just beaten, uh, <laughs> just beating uh, uh, Wolfwalkers by one point here today. I don't know if we've ever had them that close. But uh, thank you for tuning in, 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This has been Script to Screen, and coming up next is The Shuffle. So stick around.